It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare's Monday Walk-In Sports Injury Clinic has returned with the start of fall sports season, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. every Monday through October 17th. Athletes will be seen on a walk-in basis every Monday from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics, located in the now building's second floor, Suite 200, on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. X-rays can be done for immediate review and upon insurance authorization, patients can be scheduled for an MRI, CT scan, or any other further imaging needs. For more info, call Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics at 989-541-BONE. That's 989-541-2663 or online at memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of the three-point podcast. We are presented to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the popular walk-in sports injury clinic, now open every Monday through October 17th at the beautiful new Now Community Wellness Center. We're also partnered with Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, many locations throughout the state of Michigan. Don't forget to stop into the Corona store, use the coupon code 3.20, that's 20% off all Sky Mint products only. We also want to thank our local sponsors. They include AZ Printing Solutions. Man, they printed up some great gear for us. Also, as I mentioned, uh, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch Owasso, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and The Wash of Owasso. Well, uh, we're going to be talking with Sam Ali host of Friday night's highlight show for the win on Fox 66 and NBC 25. But that's going to be coming up in just a bit. First, we're going to get caught up on whatever the heck we've been doing. What have you guys been up to? I just want to say real quick before we jump into that. I know we've talked about it before. You saying that, his his highlight show on Fox 66 and NBC 25, Mm -hmm. that just takes me back to Friday nights when I was in high school because that's all you would do. You'd click around. You'd hop over to ABC 12, see if your highlights made it. You'd hop over to Fox 66. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a different world now because everything's on Twitter. Everyone's got their, right. you know, their highlights on Huddle or you know whatever. Back back when I played, you know, it was you hopped on the local stations and you hope you made the Argus Press. I will say the the of all the like the there's you know there's Fox 17 and Grand Rapids Fox 66 has has a great ring to it I'll be the first to say that um, as you guys know this is the first weekend in high school football 
I wish that that was the majority of my catch up. Uh, I wish it was me talking about, you know, the kickoff classic we had at Wayne State and how great of an event that was and how excited I am for high school football to be back and just football in general this weekend. But it's not. So Uh-oh. as you guys know, Ted, you're the first one to crap on me for this. I already know my mom is probably listening to this, probably shaking her head before I even get into it. But so, as you know, you know, I'm not the best driver. Oh, oh boy. not again. This one, I now this one, there's now normally I would not even tell this story because I know that that's the stupid like uh saying out there. That's like the stereotypes that I'm just this horrible driver. But I gotta tell you guys this story. And when I say that this is verbatim exactly what happened, I am not lying to you. Okay. Friday night, Wayne State kickoff classic, driving back to Corona. I got a wedding uh in Owasso this weekend. Driving back, uh, I did dance a lot at the wedding, by the way. Driving back, I think it's finally, I think I finally figured out what weddings are all about. So I'm driving back, just literally nobody on the highway. It's like midnight, you know, I'm driving. I set my cruise control to 80 miles an hour, which let me just be the first. What do you guys like? Let's say, you know, there's nobody on the highway. It's midnight. You're just sitting in the fast lane. Is that a reasonable speed? Yeah. Yeah. If it's 75. Yep. That's what I thought. Okay. So I'm sitting in 80, literally not really thinking twice about it. There's a state trooper in the middle lane. I'm like, I'm like slowly catching up to this guy. I'm really not thinking twice about it. You know, whatever. It's just literally just me and him on the highway. Slowly creeping up to him, creeping up to him, creeping up to him. Okay. Now, now we're side by side. We are literally matching speed for, I swear to you about one minute. We're sitting there like, and it's like, just, it's just awkward. I'm sitting there driving right next to this guy, 80 miles an hour, both going 80. So I can tell he has a speed set at 80. We're driving right next to each other, 80 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour. After like literally like a minute, I'm he's like, testing you. he's testing you. He wants this to see if just, you're going to go faster. Like, yeah, this is just like stupid. Why? What am I even doing? So I literally increase it to 81 miles an hour, <laughs> literally 81 miles an hour. I kid you not. I slowly pass him. Second I pass him, he flips on his lights and pulls me over. So I pull over. I just, dude, it was like one of those things. Like I was going back and forth in my head, like as I was about to do it, like, should I just like slam on the brakes and just like let him go and then just stay, like stay a car length behind him like this is just dumb i guess probably looking back and probably the easier solution but again it's like what i he's going 80 he's going over the speed limit i'm going the same exact speed he's going one mile an hour you're basically can't even tell the difference 81 80 we're this is semantics like is he really going to pull me over for going one mile over what i was going a second ago well sure enough sure shit pulls me over Pull on the park on the side of the road. He like walks up like literally by, I couldn't even get my license out of my, uh, out of my wallet by the time he's like tapping on my window. Oh, what the hell do you think you're doing? Do you, do you really think it's smart to pass state trooper? I know you saw that I was a state trooper. I'm like literally just like kind of taken aback. Like, it's like, yes, sir. Like I don't ever, there's, what's the point of me going back and forth with this guy? Whatever. Yes, sir. No, sir. No. Yeah. I was dumb. I don't really know what I was thinking. So he goes back to uh, write me a ticket. He says, oh, so you know why you're getting a ticket, right? I was, uh, yeah, I got, yeah, I know I'm getting a ticket. Goes back, comes back a uh, second later. How fast do you think you were going? Like, this is like, I don't know why he went back to his car, then came back. Goes back, how fast do you think you're going? I was like, 80 miles an hour. And then I was like, yeah, literally right around that turn, I sped up to 81 miles an hour because we were just like right next to each other. So, oh, really? Uh, he's like, I was like, yeah, I was going 81 miles an hour. Literally, I, I, like it was like, I, this guy, it, I cannot overstress this enough. We were sitting there going the same speed for one full minute to the point where I was like, this is just weird. I'm just going to go a mile an hour faster and, and go in front of this guy. So he goes, oh, all right, all right. You think it's just okay to pass a trooper? Oh, yeah, no, it's, I don't know why I did it. It's stupid. 
goes back, comes back with my ticket. It says 87 miles an hour on it. Dude, <laughs> what? So this is that. What does that tell me? I wasn't even really that mad. Like, I was kind of more just like, this is so dumb. I guess I probably should have just let him, like, be in front of me or whatever. But it just irritated the hell out of me. Because, one, he comes back, and this is the first thing he says. Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your honesty. And then he hands me the ticket. So, oh, yeah, no problem. Check it. It says he wrote out 87 miles an hour. And when I say, I seriously cannot stress this enough. I was going 80 miles an hour up until the two seconds before he pulled me over where I sped up a, a millimeter just so we weren't sitting there staring at each other in the driver's seats. So this guy, wh- what this tells me is, one, would he have looked like an idiot writing me a ticket for what I was really going, which was 81 miles an hour? And my question then to you guys is, what's the difference? What What's the proper speed limit? Is It doesn't seem right that he can pull me over going 81 miles an hour, but he's per- perfectly fine going 80 or I'm perfectly fine going 80. He never really explained that to me. And I think that's just really the most irritating part of all of this. Yeah, I, I think some cops are just out to get people and you rubbed him the wrong way. I would definitely go to court over that and you know, explain the situation. I don't know how he wrote you up for 87 if you because set your it, cruise at 81. No, like, and Matt, I swear to God, like, that's why he said thanks for your honesty because the way I explained the exact story is exactly how I explained it to him is how I explained it to him. Yeah. And, yeah. but just the fact that he did that and then basically by the time I could even come to, he's already pulled out and back on the highway, see 87 miles an hour. What the hell? I don't, I don't get how some cops... Real quick, Ted. I know you're going to jump in and lecture. No, go ahead. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just your chomping, chomping at the um, bit. I think some cops get off on giving speeding tickets. It really irritates me sometimes. Like that would have been a very simple one. It's late. You know, he probably asked you where you're going. You know, I'm driving back to Corona. Like, you know, you were honest. He admitted that. Just tell tell you to slow down. Like when he starts asking you the questions of like, do you think it's smart to pass a state trooper? <laughs> what does he expect you to say? Like, what kind of question is that? Yeah. I'm- um. Yeah. If you're going slow, I'm going to pass you. Like, what, what do you want me to say to that question? I say that because I have a court date coming up in two weeks for a speeding ticket <laughs> when we were driving back from Michigan. Oh, yeah. And, oh, Michigan, man. Yeah, we were in, uh, we had made it, we had just got into North Carolina and We'd been on the road all day. I mean, you're, you're whipped. 13 hours or whatever. We get, I get pulled over. I'm following. I'm going to make this really short, this story. I'm following. You know, it's one of those situations. I'm following three cars. Four of us are just doing, you know, same speed. We're just following each other on the highway. I got pulled over. I was the one in the back. Somehow, I'm the one that got pulled over. He told me I was going five miles an hour faster than the rest of those cars I was following. <laughs> when he came I up. I that, man. When he came up, Wesley was crying because he was hungry, ready to get out. He could see where we got our cars just packed. He asked, where are you coming from? I was like, we've been on, on the road all day from Michigan. We're going to Charlotte. We're almost home. This would have been the perfect situation for a cop to go back and check my record. I have a clean driving record and say, hey, man, you've been on the road for 13 hours. I hear your baby crying. I see that you're traveling slow down a little bit, get home safely. Instead, writes me the ticket and I've got to drive an hour and a half or whatever for the court. And it's like, yeah, I I just, it it irritates me sometimes. It's one thing if you were being dangerous, like say, Jared, you were swerving all over the place and, and say you were like tailgating him right up on his ass, you know, like stuff like that. That's different. But 
I don't get it. Some cops, I, yeah, I just don't and, understand. And, and Ted, I know you're you excited to chop out a bit. Let me just clarify my per, my perspective on this. I, I didn't blame him for giving me a ticket, I, right? Probably not the smartest thing. I should have just, I don't know, the patience should have prevailed. I should have just hit the gap, hit the, hit the break, and just let him stay in front of me, going eighty on the dot. But what it just—it's just what bothered me is that he blatantly wrote the wrong wrong speed on that ticket. And I wasn't upset until, like I said, until driving down the road, flipped on the light for a second, took a look at it, 87 miles an hour, top right corner. Because it's just like we literally had a conversation over this. It wasn't like he had to guesstimate or, you know, usually they ask you how fast you're going, you have no idea. No, I knew it because it was such a weird interaction with me and this this cop car that I knew exactly how fast I was going from start until finish. And I think that's what bothered me. It wasn't anything else. I I was happily taking the ticket, but just the – blatant lie on the ticket is what's irritating um good night everybody we've run out of time <laughs> <laughs> no here's, sorry here, here's my no it's all right those are two good stories actually now matt i have a question for you before i jump into jared um you gotta go somewhere to pay this ticket or are you fighting it you can't I mean, mail it you're fine I'm, I'm mostly hoping that he doesn't show up you know and they just uh, reduce it reduce it to a fine yeah. Um, cause I've, I've actually had that happen a couple times. I've gotten a few speeding tickets. Okay. So I, th- that's really my hope go. He doesn't show up and they reduce it to like improper equipment, $200 fine, no points on the license. That's what I'm hoping for. I am amazed though, that, you know, the whole situation you laid out with the crying baby in the car and all that, and you're the fourth in line. I mean, that, yeah, that's a bad one. That's bad luck. Yeah. Jared, on the other hand, asked for his. You don't, <laughs> you don't pass a state cop. He's he was a dick for bringing it up like that. But my God, when I'm up, when I'm coming up on a state cop, I'm not zipping by him, even if it's one mile an hour. I'm, I'll just back it off, wait till he gets off the next exit or whatever. And I mean, I'm not saying you should have got a ticket for 87 no, if you didn't I go 87. I like I said, I, it it was just the principle of it that yeah. we had this conversation. Came back, he totally changed his tune. From the time he walked from the car till the time he came back, but it's just it just was like a classic like twist of the knife that he just bla- he just wrote the wrong speed and that blows whatever. me away because usually yeah. if you're nice to them, you know they usually will say okay you were going 85 but I'm gonna write it for 75 you know they usually right. cut you break what my experience has been but but not young Jared. <laughs> I like like I said I I wasn't even gonna bring it up on the pod. Because I'm like really not that mad about it. Because like I said, I I agree. Like it, it really, it, I don't know what I was thinking. I just it it just seemed idiotic that he was gonna draw the line from one mile per hour. Right. So I was like, I was just like, whatever. I'm just gonna speed up one. Like, and believe me, I had the dialogue in my head for 30 seconds before I did it, whether or not I should or shouldn't. And it clearly was just the wrong choice, which I usually tend to do, I guess, when I'm driving. So, <laughs> but Ted, I will say before you make too many comments, man. Remember the one pod, what, like a year ago, you, it was like the, the, your whole world had ended because you got a speeding ticket that you deserved. So don't forget that. Oh, I, I have forgot. I don't even know what you're talking about. What, what, refresh this my year, memory. This was, this was a couple of years ago, back when we were in the studio. I remember yeah. you came in, you had a, you know, I had a horrible day today. Got oh, I didn't ticket. get it. I didn't get a ticket. I got pulled over, but the guy didn't give me a ticket. I think if that's the story, I was, I, I haven't got a ticket in a long time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're probably, I misremembered, but uh, how was your weekend, man? You actually had a good one compared to us. 
<laughs> Ted Ted got to see the new Nick up close and personal. I did. Yes, it it was it was pretty cool, guys. I mean, I think you both probably saw the video I did with uh, Jared's dad, John, the superintendent of schools, Eric Cron. We just did a quick little two minute video. Uh, you know, panning around the field, getting some of the thoughts. Uh, it's gorgeous. Like, you know, we'll talk to Sam Ali a little later on. He talks about it a little bit, but it's a it's a gorgeous setup. Uh, the main thing I was I was really looking forward to is how good Corona is. And they opened up. They played very sharp. They're still a relatively young team, but they look good. And, you know, Fowlerville's given them problems in the past, and Corona won it fairly easily, 36-13. to 13. The Bauer boys, again, great games. Tarek had three touchdowns, a couple of interceptions. Uh, and, and the setting there is really nice. I've only got one complaint. I know I've already mentioned it to John. I think he's heard it from more than one source. <laughs> there's not an, there's not an aisle way to get up into the press box. If you're, if you're down on the field and need to get to the press box, by the time the fans are in the stands, you got to climb over fans to get into the press box. Really? So I anticipate in the next year, they'll, they'll do some modifications somehow to, to make it a little bit more accessible, but that's the yeah, only complaint I would have. They just put in brand new bleachers. I'm surprised that wouldn't have been part of the. It got overlooked. Yeah, classic, classic oversight. I mean, yep. Yep. I mean, Ted, you went and checked the tour. You checked the field out. You know how many times before it was actually finished. You never noticed it. Until, You're right. You're you know, right. It, it is one of those things, man. With with the whirlwind that was the field, you think about like something like that when the bleachers are totally empty. You don't quite realize that there's not really going to be a walkway to it. But <laughs> right. uh, whatever. At the end of the day, you got to walk through the crowd a little it's bit. Minor. Yeah, uh, but no, I like I said, it sounds like Corona looked good. Um, sounds like the Bauer twins are really the biggest takeaway. I know uh, Coach Tony and East was in attendance to watch them play, and I, from what I from what I hear, man, they they are the real deal. I mean, you, you actually mentioned to me off of the record that you're uh, pretty sure your records could be shattered either this year or next year. Uh, yeah, your well, uh, season interceptions, one of the two or both of them, yeah, very possible in the next couple of years. They're, they're, I'll tell you what. If I was an opposing quarterback, I wouldn't throw it anywhere near either one of them. Wyatt comes in there and primarily uh, passing situations because he's the quarterback, but Tarek's out there all the time. And, you know, yeah, we knew coming in the Bauer boys were going to be good. But the other thing that was really impressive to me was uh, the whole rest of the team. I mean, the, the, the line, the offensive line, defensive line played good, the linebackers. I mean, this seems like a really good team for head coach Steve Herrick. And, uh, you know, and like I said, they're still relatively young. So, and their their best running back right now is hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. Jay Nettington, uh, he's got the biggest legs I think I've ever seen for a running back in high school. Man, he's got stout tree trunks, <laughs> bigger than uh, uh, who's the who's the guy that uh, used to have like what forty two carries in like one game? Who who am I thinking of? Jeff Golombiski. Uh, yeah, Golombiski. They're similar. You never wanted to tackle him the in dentist. the thighs. <laughs> the dentist. Yep. You know, you, I did. You mentioned ma- you mentioned the turf and the guys mm-hmm. looking faster. Um, you know, on the turf. There's something to it. I mean, I never played on it back when I was actually playing high school football, but uh, I've I've played some flag football on turf fields. There's something about it. You are faster on field turf. I don't know what it is. You know, you're not maybe slipping a little bit on in mud or, you know, the dirt, but you're definitely faster on that field turf. So that's only going to help out Corona, especially with the athletes they have. Here's what's hilarious about it is like, I remember back my senior year, five years ago, five years ago's time like when we made it to the second round of playoffs we had that home game i if i was an opposing player or an opposing team i would have like boycotted that game that field was so bad you could not keep your grip <laughs> it was like watching like i you know some of our scrum players were kind of used to it so we, we had a little bit less issues but if you go back and watch that film it's like flint powers is slipping left and right 
uh, because that field was so bad. And, and it'll just be cool. You know, hopefully this team gets to experience that a deep uh, playoff game where the where usually a lot of grass fields kind of turn to crap here in Michigan, where they're going to be able to still be playing just like it was uh, on Thursday night. Well, you know, if they, keep it, if they keep it rolling, you know, maybe they'll host uh, uh, our first round or second round game at Corona and they end up the season over at Ovid Elsie, which also has uh, a turf field. So that's kind of cool. You know, bef- before we move away from this segment, fellas, I do want to throw a mention out there for Owasso. You know, they opened up the season with a brand new head coach, Ron Tyner, and uh, they pounded Wyoming Kellogg'sville 42 to 18, two kickoff returns in that game for the Owasso Trojans. And I read the preview in the Argus Press from Coach Tyner, I liked what I heard on a couple different fronts. Um, they're going to a more pro set offense instead of that uh, just packed in double tight end T formation that Devin Pringle run. Nothing against him, but that's that's ancient, man. I mean, there's still teams that can run it and be successful, but you got to get with the times and you got to spread the field out and use use what you got. I like that, and the the, the comment that I liked that uh, you'll think it's funny coming from me, Trojans. In the last few years, Pringle switched over to the Michigan Wolverine-style winged helmet, and Tyner said, we're getting those out of here. We've got to wear them this year, but next year we're going back to the traditional you know, gold helmets with a Trojan sticker on the side. I mean, those winged helmets made no sense. They were two different colors on the stripes. I mean, I think yeah. it was white on the front and gold stripes. Just That was a good move, and right there, he got my respect. Right out of the right. gate. No, I, I always, I always thought. I, well, first of all, I didn't like Owasso wearing Michigan's helmets. I didn't like that. <laughs> but no, I always thought that the classic Owasso helmets were cool. Yeah, they, they're they're kind of like some of the Michigan State helmets. You know, the yellow or gold with that Owasso Trojan right on the side. Trojan I always head. thought that was, that was a cool helmet. Yeah, it is. It's a classic helmet. It reminds you of uh, the Harkama era. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite because. I don't like Corona's current helmets. So I almost feel like I can't. Corona should be just like Notre Dame, you know, all gold domes. Uh, just like how I think the, really the only team in Michigan that I'm okay with wearing the the University of Michigan helmets is Clarkson. They've always had them yeah. as long as I can remember. So I'm okay with them keeping it. But a classic helmet like that, it's just leave it to Michigan. And nobody else is going to be able to pull it off right. Yeah. Unless you're like a D8 school like the UP, there's also something kind of funny about a team like that having those type of elements, like they're orange and black or something. But yeah, leave it to leave it to the pros. All right. Well, the field was great. Had a good time there. Had a couple margaritas on the pontoon with some people over on Saturday night. So life's going pretty good right now, fellas. Nice. Football season. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little more football, a little more high school football with Sam Ali coming up right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. 
Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem! As the Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. All right, let's get the first, the inaugural, three-point prep report brought to you by Hit and Pitch and Capital Sports Fieldhouse. Uh, we're going to bring on, he was he was new to the prep pickskin preview. If you listen to that, you heard his preview of kind of the mid-Michigan area. His name is Sam Ali. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam Ali Sports. He's the sports director at Mid-Michigan Now. So definitely check out everything he has going on there. A lot of really cool stuff that he uh, that he's involved in, but we brought him on to talk about week one is in the books for high school football in Michigan. And there was a ton of upsets, a lot of great games. And we just want to kind of get you your breakdown of what you saw in the first week of football. So uh, Sam, first of all, thanks for joining us. My pleasure guys. My pleasure. And I know you're, you, you mentioned you're fairly new to the area. What, what's been kind of your first impression of high school football in mid Michigan? We all, we all grew up at Corona, so we kind of know the area pretty well. How, how you know some of the traditional schools, you know some of the schools that are, I guess, powerhouses, you know, type of thing, big programs. What's kind of been your first impression of the area? Honestly, the first impression is just a lot. It's it's a deep area, a lot of really really talented teams. Um, you take the teams from Northern Michigan and then down in the you know Detroit metro area, and even some in the Grand Rapids area you know it when it comes to this area there are teams that compete you know it might not have been um last year where anybody going deep or winning any state titles but um there's just a lot a lot of competition and a lot of really good teams and week one kind of gave us a preview some teams were playing non-conference games but once they start playing each other it's going to be some really really good football on friday nights is there uh, a certain team or a certain matchup that you saw week one that really stood out to you or, or even a player? Uh, one of those three things, what really stuck out to you? The big thing that stuck out to me was Davison. Um, yeah. Just a, a huge upset uh, at the big house. Um, the, the, all the elements, just everything. And it's it, from what I saw, a lot of people turned out. And one of the players, uh, they were always talking about you have to adjust to how, and this is going to be funny, how quiet it's going to be because it's not, you know, right. there's not 110,000 people who are going to be there to watch a high school football game, but they really jam-packed that place, and Davison just played so well and squeaked out a win, and it really, I know there's no such thing as a must-win in week one, but man, a, getting a win like that is going to do wonders for them moving on. Yeah, I thought we might see uh, 
the former Davison quarterback, Brendan Sullivan in uh, Ireland. But uh, I did see him on the sideline wearing that number 10. But, you know, uh, Sam, here in our area, uh, we're a little bit more of the smaller smaller schools focused, you know. And then when you look at our area specifically, teams like New Lothrop, who pulled a little bit of a mid-year upset over Jackson Lumen Christie. And then you talked about it on our our preview show, uh, the Corona Cavaliers. They looked impressive. I had a chance to see them up close and personal. And uh, they look like they're going to be pretty tough being a young team and i do want to start off that field very nice yeah. very nice that's that's how you that's how you break in uh a field like that but it's just everything kind of made sense and i know i said this on the the, the, the preseason podcast but you just bring back all that experience and guys who have already seen the success and see what it takes um the the, the culture is there the winning culture is already there and Steve's doing a fantastic job. There's no reason not to think that this team could make a deep run. And again, I'm not saying they'll win a state title, but this is a team that's going to be in contention all season and into the playoffs. Yeah. I saw one, uh, Mick McCabe. I know he's uh, he, he's been covering high school football forever in, in Michigan. He's He's got Corona number seven in his oh. D5 poll. So take that for what it's worth. Nothing official. You know he's talking about. Yeah, just his poll, but it's, it's impressive. I was going to ask you kind of, again, it's only been one week, but like you said, it's not necessarily must wins, but when you're only playing nine games, you know, it is very important for, you know, in the regular season. Jared kind of said it, you know, who's been impressive or who, who impressed you that week one? Was there any team that just like, wow, this team's making a run to Ford Field? Like a team that you saw, whether you saw it in person or you saw highlights of or you heard you know, someone told you a team that you're just like, this team's making a run to Ford Field. I know it. I think it really is just so tough to tell, especially with yeah. these week one games. I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like there were a lot of blowouts uh, and it's it's to be expected. And there were a couple of really close games. Um, I think it would probably be best if we just waited until conference yeah. play and, yeah. and we see that because Everyone did what they were supposed to do. That's what I'll say. Was it a little bit di- disappointing to see? I mean, I feel like a lot of people, at least here in you know the Corona area uh, with our football, they were always circling. You know, it's kind of became a little bit of a rivalry in our town, the Corona versus Lake Fenton game. Like Fenton kind of dropped uh, a tough one to Gaylord in week one. Does that Did that change your opinion on that team? And did that maybe make you think that maybe Corona is the team to beat in uh, their conference? I think it – it just makes the conference even more up for grabs, even though it was a non-conference game. Um, it was, it was really, I mean, maybe it was just a bad call or just bad luck. I know the game winning touchdown was on like a slant coming into the middle, no one there to contain him on the outside. And then how many, I mean, what is the two point conversion percentage of all teams in high school right. football? They, it was a great play, not taking anything away from Gaylord, but uh, you know, my money is always on the team stopping that other team on two-point conversions. So I think Lake Fenton's in a good spot, and uh, they are going to be not in a good mood. I was, I was watching my language. Not in a good mood yeah. next week. So so give us a little uh, walkthrough on how you put together what games you cover on Friday nights, you know, sending the crews out there with a camera, or is it just yourself hitting all these spots? Give our listeners a little feel for for how you put the show together uh, for the win. It starts off um, on Monday just looking at the schedules, 
Um, it really comes down to, and I, I want everyone to hear this, it really comes down to um, the proximity and how close games are and how close games are to each other. If I feel like we can grab a cluster of games around uh, you know, a specific area where we can be like, right. okay, we'll, we'll go here and then we'll go here. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Um, some people are just like, oh, they only cover, you know, Flint metro area and that's it. We, we try to get up as far north as we can and get down, you know, to the, to the southern part of our viewing area where you, you know, you know Fenton, Lake Fenton, Holly. Um, we try to do as best as we can, but, um, you know, it's 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 a little tough right. given, you know, the staffing shortages and all that good stuff. But we really, really tried to kind of keep a running list of, hey, we already covered this team, but we didn't we weren't able to get to Freeland. So right. let's get, we'll send the person that we had covering Clio up to Freeland and we kind of spread it out so that we give everybody coverage throughout an entire season. Me and Matt yeah. both uh, worked in uh, the same sort of highlight show, out, both of us out at uh, Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. So I, I know the business at least somewhat well. Uh, I'm just curious. I love to ask this answer or this question, excuse me, to all of our sports anchors that we have on or anybody that's involved in a highlight show on, on a Friday night. What's one thing you wish listeners uh, or watchers rather wish that they knew uh, about your broadcast outside of what you already stated, which is that a lot of what you decide is based on proximity? I wish they knew that we don't hate any teams. We, do. <laughs> we just, we don't. They, some people, oh, you're only, you're only talk about this team or you didn't show this play and then this play. And another thing that they just, I thought was just common sense is that we, <laughs> we're, they're called highlights, but as you guys know, I'm going to be honest, it's just, it's the plays that we were there for. Yep. <laughs> That's that's the honest truth. It's like, oh, they yeah. only show stuff from the first quarter. Like that's the only time we can get there. Yeah. That's that's the best way to do it. So it's yeah. it's really not a here are the full highlights. It's like, no, these are the best plays when I was there. Right. And, and these are these are what we're gonna show. And as you guys know, we're not gonna show you know a two minute highlight of a game, no matter how good that game was. It's you know usually three or four plays, yep. maybe a little bit more for our game of the week. Uh, but other than that we got to just snap through and get through as many games as we can. It's funny you say that. And yeah, Jared mentioned it. I, it's, it's been a little while, but I, that's how I broke into the business, you know, doing um, sports photog and a bunch of other stuff. But it is funny when you had that, like three, three games that you had to get to that first game in the first quarter, if you got like bang, 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 three touchdowns, you were like, I'm out. And then like, it's funny when you would go back later and the score was like completely different storyline is completely different but you're like yeah these yeah. are the three touchdowns i got you, sorry you get there and you'll get like uh 21 to 7 after the first quarter and you're like oh perfect got myself a good highlight you're writing it in your head and everything is yep. good you get back and that team rattled off something that's 35 21 and you're <laughs> the complete opposite of what you thought another thing is when people see like you get to a game and let's say you're like really tight on time and like you're getting three games, they're all at seven o'clock and you need to be out of there quick. And a team scores, like for example, the Swartz Creek game uh, against, I think against Flint, when they scored like five touchdowns in their first six plays, once we get a feel of a game and we see that this game is going to get out of control real quick, we might be at that game for two drives, right. two yeah. touchdowns out of there. Yeah. It's not, 
you know, no offense to the right. other team and everything, but right. sometimes we got to get out of there quick. And once we see what we need, you know, we're out, we're out to our next game. Yeah. Yeah. That is funny. You mentioned game of the week. So looking ahead week two, what, what's your game of the week? What are okay. a couple matchups so, you're, you're looking forward to week two? I got to reveal this now. <laughs> if, if you, if you're not supposed to don't, but maybe, you know, you know what? Not the game of the week. What are some other ones you're looking? You know for? what? No, no. Just for you guys. Just right. for you. Oh yeah. Our game of the week, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be any different anywhere else. Will be uh, the Carmen Ainsworth against Grand Blank. Oh yeah. I know a lot so, of people. I feel like uh, you, and I feel like a few other people were mentioning Grand Blank in our our prep pigskin preview. Are they are they looking like the real deal? They are. They've got some weapons. They ran into a buzzsaw with Granville, so let's not, you know, overreact. But the um, the weapons that they got offensively and just some really, really, really good players. Hey, Boyd, I think it was, who was just, just a monster. Uh, I know Ryan Slocum mentioned him, and that dude is just, you know, give him the ball, let him take care of the rest. They're, they're in a good spot. Like I said, once you got that winning culture and those high expectations, everything else will take care of itself. They're definitely a team that's going to be uh, a team that's going to make a deep run, and we'll see how the rest of it plays out. For our listeners, Sam, just a quick synopsis of your background, you know, getting to where you're at now and, and what got you there. Um, well, uh, originally from uh, – I was born in Detroit, but uh, grew up in Dearborn, Michigan. And I went to college at uh, Wayne State University, the Wayne State University in downtown Detroit. (laughs) And um, yeah, I just I I got my start actually in radio news up in Houghton, Michigan, up in the UP. Yeah, (laughs) I was far away from home um, and I did that for about a year and a half. um, And then a the TV station, the ABC affiliate in Marquette, Michigan. Uh, asked me to take over for sports, uh, to be the sports director. I took that uh, and I uh, was there for four years in Marquette. And then I just needed needed a change and found myself in Duluth, Minnesota. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it was like I, I gave Good up weather. Three, three, <laughs> yeah. I gave up 300 inches of snow for like minus 40 wind chill. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was uh, ridiculous. But when I I mean, Duluth. You want to talk about hockey, guys? Hockey is a religion yeah. up there. What? It is absolutely amazing. I got one more uh, question for me, and it's it's in regards to your UP background. What what's football like like up there? I, I just honestly, you could answer this any way you want because I really don't know what to expect. Uh, is there a lot of people in the stands on Friday nights? Do they not care? Is is there snow on the ground by mid October? Like, what's it like? A ton of people in the stands. They absolutely love their football. Even some of the teams that are not, you know, really well, they pack the stands. One thing that is like something that needs to be mentioned is that if someone throws up like a pass, it's a big deal. It's a it's a huge, huge big deal. So that's like um, back in yeah. Ted's era. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 so wild. And then and I mentioned uh uh I was there when um, Ishpeming won Division Seven, yeah. uh, the Division Seven championship. I believe it was against Guamo Westphalia, um, and they had their run. Um, uh, Powers North Central, um, they they had their run where they like they didn't lose a game for like three years or something. Jason but um, Whitens, Whitens, yes. 
Don't love ask me why guy. I know that. I shouldn't know that, but I do. <laughs> no, love that guy. Um, but yeah, no, football is a big deal in the UP. And um, yeah, the snow is the snow, man. You just you just got to yeah. deal with it, smile, and embrace it. Sam Ali from uh, TV 66, Fox 66, and NBC 25 for the win every Friday night. Give some details on that and the best way, best way to follow you on the social. At Sam Ali Sports on Twitter, and then you just search Sam Ali Sports on Facebook, and then midmichigannow.com. Uh, and then every Friday for the win, except for this week, we'll have it on Thursday yep. and stuff. But for the win, uh, every Friday, 10 o'clock on, uh, on Fox 66, 11 o'clock on NBC 25. All right. We appreciate awesome. the time, Thank man. We look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate Great. it. All right, guys. Great to hear from Sam. Looking forward to his stuff on Friday night. And this segment, again, brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse Hit and Pitch. Great spot in Owasso. 10,000-foot turf field can be used for all kinds of different sports, football, baseball, softball. They, You know, you go work out there. You can go grab a bite to eat, maybe a little refreshment. Just a great, great spot for all your athletic needs. Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch in Owasso. We'll be right back, and we'll talk a little... Uh, a little football, I think, right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Hi, this is Casey from the band Chi-Town, Mid-Michigan's premier country music band. We have some awesome shows lined up to close out our summer, featuring closing out the Baker College Country Stage at the Royal Oak Arts, Beats, and Eats Music Festival, sponsored by Soaring Eagle on September 3rd. This event, spanning Labor Day weekend, features the top food, music, and artists that Michigan has to offer. You will not want to miss out. We then hit the road to Frankenmuth to headline the Big Country Fest on October 1st. Follow us on Facebook at Chi-Town, and be sure to check out our website. And always keep listening to our favorite podcast, three-point pod all right guys i mean there's a lot to get into in football i mean do we want to start in the lions you want to start in college where do we want to go start with michigan man uh and and to be honest i kind of want to hear you set the other oh, looks like you're like picking up garbage or something on the ground i want to hear you lay this out you rarely get the opportunity to give your opinion on something first i'm very curious to hear how you take this whole michigan quarterback situation well, let's put it this way. I'm not as passionate as Matt has been. I've noticed quite a bit posting on uh, the whole competition thing. You heard my opinion that I think Cade McNamara should be the quarterback just because you know he turned that Michigan program around last year, 12 and two. We know that we know all the stats. Is he more flashy? No, but that's my thought. Now, as far as the passion that I have, I could live with the fact if Harbaugh came out and said, 
you know, McCarthy, you're the winner. You want it here in camp. But I, I don't really particularly like this. Cade gets the first game. McCarthy gets the second game. The starter will be announced for the third game. I don't like it. It's college football. <laughs> it is, I'm I sorry. Like it's it. idiotic. I, and Matt, I, I think maybe you will agree with Harbaugh here. Here's the thing, man. It's never If it's never been done before, probably there's probably a reason for it. Uh, just go with your guy. Now it's like, even like, what is there? Is there a world where these guys both play well against these lackluster teams in week one right. and week two? Yes. So I feel like it's still just going to come down to a Jim Harbaugh gut decision either way. I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, it'll probably work out. We'll probably really never really know the difference of what could have been, but I just disagreed with it. And Ted, I'll be honest, man, I'll give you credit. You actually swayed me in our argument a couple of weeks ago where I agree with what you said. It's like, hey, just give McNamara the job. And until he loses it, just let him have the job. You know, Michigan can afford a loss. Uh, and I I don't see McNamara ever really losing us a game. So I just was okay with us rolling with him. If he really looks poor in a game, all right, let's just officially make the switch. Nobody asks twice about it. This whole plan just seems just a little bit too crazy, a little bit chaotic. I don't know if it's really going to work out the way Jim Harbaugh hopes. See, I guess that's my thing. I, I think it's not chaotic. You know, some people have said like, this leaves a lot to be questioned. I think, it's pretty cut and dry. One guy gets game one, one guy gets game two. They'll decide, yes, there's scenario where both guys absolutely kill it. And you're like, okay, what do we do now? Okay, that could happen. But it's also very possible that one guy, you know, plays okay, throws a couple picks, and it's obvious that the other guy should get the job. I think if you don't do something like this, if you go into the season, everyone knows J.J. McCarthy, the talent he has, you know, how, how he came in as a recruit, how, you know, a lot of people think he's the quarterback of the future, I guess. If you don't do something like this, where you're going to be able to say it's Cade's job, it's JJ's job. Every week, you're going to have this question. You're going to, you're going to be dealing with how many plays is JJ going to get? You know, when, when is JJ McCarthy going to come in? Uh, if Cade throws an interception, is JJ going to come in there? Now you've got two games where you're telling both guys, prove it. Cade McNamara, if you, I don't care about last year. If, if you want the job this year, go out week one, win the game 63-0, to zero, throw five touchdowns, stretch the field, show us that you're not just a checkdown master, and you know use these receivers and win the game. Same with J.J. McCarthy. If you want the job, if you're this prolific super recruit that's supposed to take over Michigan, go out there against Hawaii. Vanderbilt just put up like 60 points on Hawaii. Go out there and put up That's 80 right. points on Hawaii. Throw five touchdowns. Run the read option. Run for 80 yards. You know, like, I, I think it's pretty cut and dry. It makes it so it's a it's basically like a put up or shut up. And, you know, if JJ goes out there and throws a couple picks, fumbles a ball or two, then that that's going to make it be like, and, and say Cade plays a clean game. Well, there you go. There, there's your answer. And then, you know, later in the year, say game six, seven, eight, like say Cade wins the job and he starts to stumble or, you know, obviously if an injury happens, well, yeah, then, then, you know, a change can be made. But right now I just think this is, there's no back and forth. You get game one, you get game two, game three, we're making the decision. I like it. Man, and we all know, know Harbaugh's unconventional. He he doesn't care if it's never. I, been I will. Done say, I mean, I will say I do hate it. Like when it's like, oh, you know, McNamara gets series number one and two, then McCarthy right. gets series. Like I guess I prefer it over that. But 
God, I just really wish one guy would have really pulled away, man, in this offseason. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they did, which I guess maybe is – which makes me think, like, let's just stick with the senior leader. If, if it's not a clear cut, McCarthy is just electrifying player who is really going to make change our offense. If it's so, like, up in the air, just give it to McNamara and let him run with it. We know he's a good leader. We know he's trusted. We know he's been there before. McCarthy's still got a lot of playing time left in him. Let him develop another year. I, I This just seems – problematic I, I hope you're right i believe me, i'll be the first one cheering if, if this yeah. team marches on to the rose bowl but i i can't shake the feeling in my gut that this i don't know what the backfiring will be but i just imagine like if i'm in that locker room if i'm magnamere if i'm mccarthy it just seems like it just doesn't seem like a fair way to do a quarterback battle i, th- I think opinion. it's I, I think it is fair though because if if mccarthy either guy if either guy goes out there in their game and doesn't perform they'll be able to know that if McCarthy throws two picks and then, fumbles then it's a couple like, balls, he'll be able to say, I didn't perform. I, well, I didn't win the job. But like you said, I mean, we're expecting both these games to be blowouts. So I feel like we're still just going to be like break like semantics. Like, oh, this guy was 20 for 25 with 200 yards and two touchdowns. This guy was, uh, you know, had 250 pass yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So yeah. I, I just I don't know. I hope I hope one guy really separates themselves. Right. Yeah. I just don't see it. I mean, that, that's the hope. That's it the just hope. worries me that it's optics. I mean, the biggest problem I have is just if they're that close, you know, in training camp, and they're both going to get this game, and then the decision is going to be made. If they're that close, then I you make the decision. You go with the guy that got you there last year, and you just roll with it until he falters, and then you bring the next guy in. That's it's that's a, the biggest problem season, I have, though. Matt. I it, see your I see your idea. I see your your thought process. It just doesn't sit well with me. I just don't like seeing a quarterback lose their job for no real particular reason other than you think the next guy's got more talent, can can run the balls more electrifying when your other guy took you 12 and two and took you to the national championship series. I mean, I just, it's just, it, to me, it's, 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 it stinks. It, it, to me, it seems like it's playing around with karma. And you guys know, I've talked about it before. Karma is a big thing with me. It really is. And I just think this is, this is going to be not a good situation karma wise. But we know it's a, it, what have you done for me lately? Who cares about last year? Who cares if Kate did the hell last year? We're talking about this season. We're, we're <laughs> well, I don't think talk- he took a step back. Do you? Well, it, not necessarily. And in fact, Harbaugh said that he's playing his, the best football ever, but of, of Cade's career. Right. But if JJ is right there, I think it's, in my opinion, I think you can see that the ceiling is higher against a team like Georgia, against a team like Ohio State when it's not snowing and cold and freezing. You need a quarterback that's much more dynamic than Cade McNamara. And I think this is this is where you're you're telling Cade, prove it. Here's stop checking the ball down and stretch the field, throw the ball downfield. If you want to be the guy, if, if Magnum, like, I I guess I think now that I'm more and more, I dig in the thing about this. I think my real problem with it is we've had, you know, all these guys careers, all these, uh, everything Cade Magnamara has done last year, everything we've seen from JJ, uh, the arm talent, everything, all of that is now being boiled down to one game versus Hawaii. Right. I don't know. And it's like, uh, if 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 it really is that close, I think it's just up to Jim Harbaugh, man. Make a choice and right. let's say, hey, okay, maybe JJ McCarthy isn't quite as good as Kate is right now, but we're gonna take our lumps and we're gonna take our chances, and I'll I'll we're just gonna roll with it. But this like just he just seems very wishy washy, which it seems like it always kind of happens. Pull a, uh, he's the king of this, man. 
Alex Smith versus Colin Kaepernick. What did he do? We're going with Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Well, like just it, it could be very similar to that situation. I just I hope he knows what he's doing, man. I, I put my trust in Jim a lot, but this is maybe one of the crazier ones that I feel like I have to trust him on. The NFL has preseason, though. I mean, you know, preseason games, you can get a gauge on who has a better understanding of the quarterback. I mean, look at the Lions and those fantastic backup quarterbacks that they have. Clearly, David Blau separated himself for the backup quarterback job. You don't have that in college football. I mean, they've just been practicing against each other. So maybe they're almost treating these two games like preseason. And imagine if, what if game one, Colorado State, Cade McNamara only wins 24 to 17. And then JJ goes out against Hawaii and wins 72 to three or something. There you go. There, there's your answer. I mean, these are both, both games are supposed to be blowouts. So go out there and prove it. It's kind of like the 49ers. The 49ers had Jimmy G. Jimmy G's basically been like 40 and five as a starter, two NFC championships, one Super Bowl. He's a backup now. They, they moved on to Trey Lance because they saw, okay, Jimmy G, you've been good. We've been here. If we want to get here, we're going to take our chance with Trey Lance because yeah, he might they, be the guy that gets us here. But I guess what, the, but it's like they didn't give Jimmy Garoppolo a preseason game to, you know, battle it out or game number one and then switch it with Trey Lance game number two. No, they just said better for worse. We're just cutting ties with you. We are going with Trey Lance. Man. And I just, I, I would have been fine if Jim Harbaugh, I would have felt maybe, maybe it was a little bit unfair for Cade Magnamara, but it probably was, yeah. would have been better for the team. I yeah. think, but, but it's, it, like I said, they'll probably win both these games by 50 uh and jim harbaugh will have to make a gut decision anyway so i guess it's it's up to him man maybe he has some deep jim harbaugh-esque reasoning for doing this i hope he does at least we can only hope so yeah <laughs> he, he said something earlier today i saw it's like a it's a biblical decision he said <laughs> god's green earth man. <laughs> hey speaking of college football is there anything else we want to talk about in michigan because i did want to briefly talk about uh week zero and uh northwestern and nebraska you guys want to get into that just a little bit? I know you watched every second of that game, probably just loving the entire atmosphere. Of I it. did. I, mean, I just loved college football back. You kidding me? For yeah. sure. Great first game to have. I, I, I would love it if the Big Ten made a decision like, hey, week one doesn't matter. We're going to play a Big Ten conference schedule. Yeah. You know, week one. It seems like we see that. What is it? Uh, uh, Purdue versus uh, Illinois this upcoming week or something, something like another Big Ten game coming up uh, right. on Thursday. I, I love it. Um, I wish they did it more. It was a great game. I mean, offense was a plenty. Nebraska, I don't know what in God's green earth Scott Frost was thinking on the onside kick. Unreal. It's rare that me on Unreal. my couch, uh, like just my thought, like what in the hell did he do that for? I'm always for an onside kick. But by God, that made no sense what the way he did that and why he did it and the risk reward factor. If they would have recovered that, just kick the ball off, man. You're going to win this game. Right. But whatever. I guess that's why I'm on the couch. He's making millions. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe maybe you should be running that team because I, I don't know. Scott Frost, he seems to there's all these records about his, his record versus some of Nebraska's previous coaches. And it's kind of like, why are they still holding on to this guy? But. I mean, it was supposed to be the situation like Michigan, you know, that the prodigy comes back and coaches the team and just hasn't worked out. They, they looked better. You know, they, they looked pretty good, but then they had those Nebraska moments and they yeah. lost the game. Good for Northwestern, man. Uh, how do you guys yeah. not yeah. love Pat, Pat Fitzgerald? I mean, what a cool game that really was, though. 
Uh, too, I will say one funny thing that I thought t- that Ted tweeted was funny. Didn't see this tweet other than from you. So kudos to you on a on a positive tweet on my timeline. Thank you. Uh, what was it like? Basically, if uh, Scott Frost won fifty straight games, he still wouldn't have a better record than Bill Pelini had at Nebraska. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you had some funny. What would you say? Like hashtag fun fact or something on it. Something like that. But, yeah, I, I just thought that was an eye opening statistic, man. It's crazy. It's, well, I don't know why he's gotten this super long leash. I guess it's because all these losses are single digits. But right, man, it's depressing because I really was hoping that they were actually going to get something going in Nebraska. It'd be awesome for the Big Ten, but it just doesn't seem like this is the regime that's going to do it. It's not going to happen. Frost, it's funny you brought that up about the tweet because Miggy Incognito tweeted me back, said, and he sent me what Frank Solich's record was when he was there, and that was equally as good as Pelini. So, you know, they've made some bad decisions there, and they're in one of those ruts like Michigan had with Rich Rodriguez in the following, you know. So, yeah, it would be good to see Nebraska come back somewhat, but it's not going to happen with Frost, it doesn't look like. I, I wouldn't have been shocked if they had fired him right after that game when they got back into town. It was just a terrible loss. But. Yeah. Good for Sullivan and the and the Wildcats. Yep. So we got uh, this weekend, weekend one, Colorado State at Michigan. Kate will get the start. Western Michigan Friday night. They take on Western Michigan, uh, or MSU does. They take on Western. So, hey, we're off and rolling in college football, fellas. I, for, oh. I forgot that was a Friday night game. I, lo- I love that matchup. They they did that, what, like, I felt like mid-2015 mid era. Uh, yep. They did that same sort of matchup Friday night, home and home, Michigan State, Western. I that's hope awesome. that that's a game every single year. I, lo- I love seeing those two programs battle it out. Just down the road from each other. Well, let's get into a little Lion football and maybe some hard knocks conversation. Uh, I definitely, again, want to thank our friends at Sky Mint Cannabis. Don't forget, go to the Corona store to give them the code 3.20, 20% off Sky Mint products. If you're around the state listening, you can go to any of their locations, many, many locations, including Ann Arbor, Detroit, Flint, Lansing, Saginaw, Sky Mint. Great spot to go for your needs, that's for sure. And, and I can't Cannabis. say that enough, man. Use the freaking code. Yes, absolutely. All right, fellas. Uh, Detroit Lions. You know, <laughs> exhibition game, number three, very lackluster. Watch the whole thing. The whole question mark was the backup quarterbacks. You know, I don't know if I've got some legitimacy now, Jared. I mean, you've heard me talk about the Lions backup quarterback situation forever, and everybody's on the bandwagon. I mean, they're they're awful. You got to have somebody at least that can hold down the fort Here's for a while. A, I wish that just for hard knocks purposes, I do wish we had like one of these guys were on the chopping block. From what I understand, it's like they're both going to make the team. So this whole drama that hard knocks is trying to create with the David Blau fumble in the stab really doesn't really does not matter whatsoever. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, but what I would do is I just cut one, and then man, if if golf, God forbid, really does get hurt, let's just go sign somebody. We're really like knocking on doors, hoping to pray to God nobody uh, scoops up Tim Boyle. He'll probably be right there waiting for you uh, in a few weeks uh, if we did have to do that. So, <laughs> no, I agree with you on the backup quarterbacks, man. But it's almost hilarious. Like, let's just keep on the roster. And at least if golf goes down, it's just hilarious. It's comedy will ensue because if golf goes down, we're already screwed. So, might as well laugh a few times while we're at it. It's just funny how, I mean, we've said it a number of times on this podcast. They've just never really addressed backup quarterback, even when Stafford was there. I understand Stafford was like Iron Man, basically started every game he was there. But at some point, you do have to have a legitimate backup. I mean, think about even like the Eagles. I saw people throwing around. They they, they have Gardner Minshew. I, I saw people throwing around maybe the Lions to try and trade and get him. You know, it's just it, 
there's value in having a good backup, even if you know Jared Goff is your guy, even if you know Patrick Mahomes is your guy. Right. You got to have a solid backup in the Lions, especially when you're the Lions in this rebuild with Dan Campbell. If Jared Goff goes down, this season is done. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're playing for Bryce Young. I guess you're playing for a, a draft pick because David Blau, cool story with his wife as the Olympian and all that kind of stuff. He's not good. And Tim Boyle, I don't know how he even sniffs an NFL roster because Jared, I think you have a better arm than him. And those are the two options the Lions have. So what also what also cracks me about it is it's like it's not a, like at least like you remember like the Stafford era, Sean, you know, we had like Sean Hill, who was competent, uh, and but was just like a veteran quarterback in the locker room. So you had a lot of time, like a lot of teams, that's what they do. Like these guys who have been in the league for like 15 years, it feels like as a backup, because hey, mm-hmm. you're not really that good on the field. At least you can like you know, mentor golf or be like something worth saying or have something worth saying in like that quarterback right. room. What are we getting out of these two guys? They're young. They don't have any really potential. They're not good. They're not, you know, I think they're both maybe younger than golf. Like, let's just get somebody else in this damn building. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. And I don't think I, I they need a backup quarterback, but I'm not sure I would give much of a draft choice away to get a backup either. I mean, yeah. I'd rather wait for the cuts to happen and then see what you can pick up. That's any better. Right. I mean, there's going to be some guys out there and, you know, maybe I'm out of my mind staying on this Fitz magic thing, but <laughs> a, a guy like that is what they need. Right, you you right. know, we talked about it. A veteran that can come in has proven they can play NFL football. These clowns can't play. No, just, just won't happen. Yeah. I mean, give, give him a call, see if he wants to come carry a clipboard for, you know, a few weeks or whatever, yeah. but it's just a shame because you, you can see that, that last preseason game, against the Steelers. I don't know. A lot of starters didn't play. I, I don't know. I I didn't really put much into them losing no, that game. No. But I think that we're I'm trying not to get too excited. I think there's a lot of potential on this team to be improved. I'm not saying make the playoffs, make a run to the Super Bowl necessarily, but be improved. So that's what's disappointing is with the whole Jared Goff thing and the backup quarterback. Cause if he goes down, you know, hopefully he doesn't, hopefully he starts every all 17 games, but if he does, then you're just lost and you're losing all momentum from this year. And you know, you're not building anything because there's potential on the defense. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Jeff Okuda is looking like he maybe has come back from that injury. He's looking like a legit number one corner, the offensive line when they're all playing and healthy, you can see the potential there. Obviously, the receivers with St. Brown, and if Jamison Williams can come back, I mean, it's all there. It's all there for them to make an improvement. It, yep. uh, yeah, like I said, man, if Okuda can – I always forget he's even on the team, to be honest. Right. Like, it's Because I feel like we all kind of wrote him off. Like, he's literally just a flat-out bust, like not going to play. If he's just startable, if he's even your number two corner, uh, like it just get him on the field. Like hopefully he just can contribute in some way. If, if he does, then that's a win from what we thought a year ago or even two years ago. Yeah. Uh, in terms of hard knocks, I have one complaint and it's almost like kind of a funny one. So, you know, everybody loves Malcolm Rodriguez. Everybody loves him. Does anybody know anything about this guy other than like the little soundbite about how he likes to hit and like a, a montage of him hitting? What, what do we know about this guy? Pretty Literally good dancer. Not- uh, so I would hope that, uh, like maybe we can get a feature on him next week. If that never comes, then I just, I wonder what the hell they've been doing. I don't know why it's taken this long. Right. Yeah. Cause if they've featured a bunch of other guys, 
even Pimpleton. Hey, <laughs> they featured yeah, Pimpleton like, last week. He's been cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Did <laughs> did he end up getting cut? Yeah, he got cut today. Oh, yeah, Jared Davis yeah. got cut. Kennedy yeah. and and Devin Funches. Yeah, they, I, I those saw those guys. I, I didn't. Wait, see Kennedy? Pimpleton. You said Kennedy got cut? Yeah. yeah. What where what did I miss there on this guy? Just like a loaded wide receiver room. There's no room for him. He's been making no room. Yeah, they just he's hasn't been that impressive, I guess, on special teams, and that was going to be the only spot they could hold for him. You know, so I mean, this is a deep receiver room. But I'll tell you what, I think he would have made the team if he had caught that one real tough pass in the end zone. I I thought about that right right when he dropped that. I was like, oh, that might have been the one. Yeah, if he makes that catch, that might be the one. But. Pimpleton oh, yeah. had a bunch of drops in that last right game. at the goal was, line touchdown. Yeah. So some of those cuts, but you know, hard knocks. I don't, I don't know. We, we didn't uh, post a video from the last hard knocks. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I think episode one set the bar so high. They've slightly gone down. I don't know what it is. I, it, it's still really good. Obviously I was still right. glued locked in the whole time, but I'm kind of waiting for something. I'm I'm like waiting for something like that first episode. That's just like, oh man, this is amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like what we're comparing. It's just it's still just incredible TV for anybody who's a football yeah. fan, especially us Lions fans. This is you. We can't even complain. Yeah, I I, I actually put episode two right up there with one. Uh, and I just think they kind of they they sort of blew their load on all the big time like storylines and the Lions, Hutchison, the Blau with his wife. You know, uh, the Amon Ross St. Brown, his family. So I think yeah. that they just kind of ran out of that stuff. And that's where we're finally seeing the a little bit of a drop is they just don't have those big time, well, really well-made sort of like features in the part right. of all these music videos and stuff. Right. Yeah, this week they may feature on some of the borderline players. Maybe they're going to get caught, that type of thing. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. We're recording this on Monday night, so we'll check it out tomorrow night. And as they head down the stretch, uh, you know, but I agree with what Matt said about the lions in general. I think maybe it's drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, but this should be an improved team. You know, are they going to win the super bowl? No, but can they be knocking on 500 and maybe even a little better with the right breaks? I think they can. So it should be a fun season. Again, does that Jared though, kind of put us in that limbo situation, you know, where you're not going to get a decent draft choice, you know, your 500 team is, would you rather see him tank or would you rather see him make a step up for Coach Campbell? I don't want to see him. T- I mean, it, it, it will, we will not have to tank if golf is good. And if golf is bad, then we will naturally tank. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I guess that, that kind of answers your question is whatever happens, just take the bright side of it, I guess. But let's just root for the best that golf is who this team seems to think he is. You got it. I mean, honestly, in in the division, obviously the Packers are the class, but the Bears are not good at all. And the Vikings are kind of a question mark, you know, yeah. new head coach cousins, you know, what, what is he? So honestly, the lions, if they cannot lose the games that the lions lose, you know, like what Dan Campbell has talked about, like that one preseason game where they had it won, they fumble it away. If the lions cannot have those kind of losses, they could definitely be, be in contention for the wild card. And, you know, a lot of it has to go right. They have to stay healthy. You know, hopefully everyone on the offensive line stays healthy. Hopefully DeAndre Swift stays healthy. You know, guys like Hawkinson, hopefully he stays healthy. So a lot has to go right. Mm -hmm. And and the big one, like what you said, Jared, Goff has to play well. Goff, you know, has has to be good. He has to be good. Here's my barometer for in division. I think it's, we should expect like, hey, let's, we'll probably go 0-2 versus Packers. 
should go should try to probably split with the Vikings and then go two and zero against the Bears. Three and three. Anything better than that is what a great season. Gravy. We Anything yeah. worse than that, it's wow. That's pretty depressing. So that's protect, the way I look at it. Three and three. That's pr- I just got to go even and protect your home turf down there at Ford Field too, man. You yeah. got to make that a tough place for opponents to play and come away with W's. No question about it. Well, we'll see what happens. College football again this weekend. Looking forward to that. The Lions will be the week after that, and. Uh, three-point podcast will be right here along for the ride it's nice to be back in football season isn't it guys (laughs) i love it well this has been the three-point podcast presented by memorial Healthcare, home of the popular walk-in sports injury clinic every monday through october 17th at the new now community wellness center and sky mint minute that's sky mint cannabis michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout michigan don't forget to use that coupon code in corona 3.20 3.20 for 20% off. Follow us at 3 Point Pod. Spread the word. Make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch Owasso, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. I want to send a special thanks to Sam Ali, He's from For the Win, Fox 66, and NBC 25, their sports director, and you can follow him at Sam Alley Sports. This episode of Three Point Podcast was recorded at StreamYard.com, and uh, don't forget our Z92.5 Game of the Week coming up this Thursday. Pretty good matchup, I think, for a couple of neighboring rivals. New Lothar at Chesanine. Catch that game this Thursday evening at 7. So that'll about do it, fellas. Till next week, so long, everybody. Peace and love. Be kind, and thanks for listening, and go blue. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.